Welcome back to the EFM podcast. We seek to create missional conversations to help equip the local church for global ministry. I'm your host, Tom Tyndale. Welcome back to the EFM podcast. This is your host, Tom Tyndale, and I am really happy to share with you uh, one of the good friends we've met in the country of Sri Lanka. Now, I had the privilege of going to Sri Lanka on a couple of occasions with this friend, Brother Murali, and I have seen in him a vital interest in a good scholarship as well as a a deep passion for Jesus. And if you've been following in the news with what's going on in Sri Lanka, this year in particular has been very, very challenging in a lot of ways, and they've faced political, social, economic crises And during this season, Brother Murley is traveling throughout the United States, and so we've had opportunity to connect where our paths have crossed, and so I wanted to invite him to come onto the podcast and give each of you an update on how things are going in Sri Lanka, and to let you better know how you can can be praying for the country and for the advance of the gospel in that area. So... Thank you, Brother Murali, for joining us. It's great to have you on our podcast today. Thank you very much. All glory belongs to God. Thank you for inviting me to share what the Lord has been doing in Sri Lanka. Now, Brother Murali, you're a native there. You've grown up in Sri Lanka. You came to Jesus out of a faith of Hinduism, from a Hindu background, right? Yes. So go ahead and tell us just a little bit about that story, how you came to Christ. Well, it is the story of the amazing grace-saving a Richard Sinner. I was born in a staunch, practicing, religious Hindu family in a remote village in the northern part of Sri Lanka, which is called Jaffna. I was searching for many years the questions in my mind, who am I, where am I going? What would happen to me when I die? What would happen to people when they die? Is there a life after death? Will there be a life of reincarnation? And uh, so many questions uh, that was uh, that were echoing in my mind. So no one could answer definitely, uh, properly to all my questions. So my search continued for many, many years. Many people whom I asked were not able to provide a clear-cut answer for my questions. So I was really frustrated and depressed uh, with the life and uh, still searching. So in 1982, when I went to the Gospel Providentially uh, Gospel meeting, I heard the Gospel uh, the very first time, even though I had some glimpse of what Christianity is. I heard the gospel the very first time that Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross and he was buried and rose on the third day victoriously, triumphantly defeating the death. So if anyone believes in Jesus Christ, he will have eternal life. So I was searching for that answer only. Who can tell me that when I die, I can be in a better place, that is heaven. So Jesus gave me the answer on the cross. That was the turning point in my life. And oh, I also was a kind of 
self-righteous Hindu. Outwardly, no one could pinpoint, no one could uh, raise their hand and criticize me about my external life. So much was I was kind of righteous. But the Lord exposed my sins and I was broken down with the contrite spirit. I went to the cross and I confessed all my sins, being deeply convicted. Uh, and I said, Lord, I am a wretched sinner. Please forgive me. I have offended you. I have violated you. I have disobeyed you, Lord. And uh, then I accepted my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, into my life. And that was the turning point. And I became a born again. And all my fear about death and the future, all kinds of fear that was prevailing in my life, was gone when I met Jesus Christ, the true and living Savior. Okay, praise God. That is that is an incredible story. God provided the assurance, the peace, yes. and boy, that's that is amazing. So you came to Christ and you started a family. You've now got five kids, and they're uh, they're growing and taking different capacities of ministry. Yes. Uh, you've pastored a church, and now you're you're leading a network. How many how many churches are you a part of? Yeah, by the grace and the mercy of God, by the calling of God, by the gifts uh, endowed on me, the uh, based in Trinkamala Church, pastoring a church, I am also involving in church planting, teaching and training and mentoring around 25 to 30 pastors along with me and overseeing the churches spiritually, teaching them the correct theological doctrine and also teaching them uh, of spiritual formation, so doctrinally and practically. So I have been involving in Sri Lanka uh, through North, East, and the Middle. And uh, so by the grace of the Lord, uh, new churches are also being planted. And the churches that were planted are being stabilized. Some were regularized, some we started from zero. So all glory belongs to God, uh, who is at work through His Spirit. So in Sri Lanka, it's an island country off of the coast of India, and there's uh, there's a beautiful culture there. It's one of these island countries, so there's sort of this very easygoing lifestyle that I've noticed uh, in comparison to a lot of other places I've been to. I really enjoy the people and the culture and the climate there. Uh, tell me, for most people, what is it like for you as as a Sri Lankan native? What is life like there? Well, by the grace of the Lord, uh, uh, we have got multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-religious atmosphere. By the grace of the Lord, we have been living happily in harmony with each other right now, Sinhalese uh, and Tamils and Muslims and all Religious-wise, Buddhist, Hindus, Islam or Muslim people, Roman Catholic, Protestants, we are living together. And uh, the country has got different topography and we have got a variety of uh, sceneries and you know, hills and the valleys, rivers. At the same time, we have unpolluted virgin beaches, but the country is 
now undergoing uh, you know very very difficult situation so we our country is a country of freedom we have freedom of speech freedom of religion and in our constitution um, describes that but at the same time right now we are facing a real tough situation so tell me a little bit about the demographic breakdown how many christians muslims hindus buddhists well, because of the war, we did not have the exact correct census in the past. However, tentative census would be a demography like this, and 70% are Buddhist, and 15% will be Hindus, and 7% will be Islam and 7% will be Christians, both Roman Catholic and Protestant, and the others are, others consist of a very less percentage. And uh, so North and East consist of mostly Tamil Hindus, South consists of singular Buddhist, and the Christians are found in both ethnic uh, communities, in Tamil and in Singhala. So that's a good thing, and Christians from both the ethnic background, they come together and worship God. So this is the ethnic-wise uh, uh, demography. And Sri Lanka is a very tiny, small country, lengthwise 270 miles only and with 140 miles. So we need to pray that this country will come to know Jesus Christ. Uh, every people will bow down before him. Uh, so that's our prayer. Yes, sir. So with that, we have a Christian population of about 7%. And it's a very small nation, and it's, it's completely surrounded by water. It's an island nation. Now, there's been a lot of turmoil. We've talked a little bit about that already. Tell us the story, uh, what happened to cause the problem that we're in, that you're in, and what is the situation there now? Well, various people cite various reasons, but the situation was prevailing there, but no one, I mean, the public, no one noticed that, but it was there already. So this sudden collapse of economy uh, actually did not happen suddenly, actually. So it was gradually happening. There are internal factors and external factors that contributed toward the downfall of the economy. The internal factors, media and the people, they caught the corruption of the regime, inhibition management, no foresight of the economical development, and huge debts for unwanted pet projects from other countries, paying huge interest because of that loan 
and their focus was not only development but on other selfish things and sudden stop of the chemical fertilizers that affected the agriculture sector producing very very small yield so again we had to import rice from other countries so we had to pay foreign exchange money and the external factors beyond their control is one of the main factors was the covid so there was no export no gross national product gross domestic products so we were not able to earn the money everything dropped the goods and the materials they were exporting they were unable to export in large quantities the foreign exchange diminished declined and further russian ukraine war also affected because sri lanka is the country of tea so they were exporting exporting a large quantity to russia and ukraine that also affected so these internal and external factors contributed towards the economic crisis So let me just recap for a second. You mentioned internal factors where there were large loans for pet projects that may not have necessarily boosted the economy. There was filtering of funds for the people in power. And then that automatically is just going to have a a weakening effect on the economy. And then combine that with COVID and then right after COVID, the the war uh it's just been uh, the, the floor basically has fallen out so uh, i went to visit you guys back in the spring of this year and you had just had a couple of major power cuts uh, that went on i think for 12 hours a day uh maybe some at 6 hours and others later at 12 and the reason for that was there wasn't enough diesel to operate generators to provide a uh, basic electricity for the economy uh, that was rescued for a time and there was a loan and some money sent i think from indian oil or whatever it was but it it bought a couple of weeks maybe a couple of months and then again now the the bottom has fallen back out what's going on there right now well sadly the power cut continues people experience the power cut and uh, regrettably the power cut again indirectly affects the all the sectors business developments industrial developments so people lose their job or people were asked to work for few hours only so they lost money so that again puts people into trouble you know one after the other and also i forgot to mention one of the important factors is that the decline in tourism income because we heavily depended on tourism so we had a huge bomb blast and killing people and after that tourism decline then it was while it was coming up little by little then again the covid affected the tourism so we lost money we could not earn money from that so that also contributed so right now people 
are you know they are facing severe acute shortage of fuel nowadays government is distributing providing fuel through like a ration card qr code and all because people are on the queue for 3 to 4 days some people died of fatigue and especially the people who have took to cot we call three wheeler are suffering a lot without proper fuel supply and it affects all of the departments all of the sectors the acute fuel shortage then the inflation it is inconceivable uh, unthinkable inflation never in the history of sri lanka we have facing more than 50 to 60% inflation even the world wow. bank expressed their deep concern over sri lanka imf also is trying to help but because of the instability in political realm in the political world they are unable to come and provide help immediately so that is another issue we are facing is the political instability very capricious and precarious situation concerning politics we don't know what would happen next time next day so the the world bank all of the banks and the institution that could provide financial help are reluctant to help sri lanka that also puts us again into trouble and the prices of the essential commodities even other commodities are exorbitant and astronomical unimaginable three times four times increased people especially on the middle class and the lower class are really suffering i have been receiving requests to help families they are literally starving without job uh, because they are unable to survive because Uh, government sector no increase in salary because if they try to print money again the inflation will go up and the private sector also they are unable to increase the salary and the day to day laborers they have lost their jobs their families are suffering so it's a very difficult and grave and deplorable situation uh, in sri lanka so there's a massive inflation that's automatically going to hurt people but then there's also a shortage of products so even if they got access to more money there that may not be able to go very far to to find anything so the bottom basically has fallen out and this is a very very dire and urgent situation what is going on with the churches in in a time like this well actually churches are not exempted they also suffer economically politically financially and by the grace of the lord even though they suffer financially economically we have found some encouragements some new people are coming to the churches it is true the saints especially poor saints who depend on day to day wages are really suffering 
and i have been encouraging them exhorting them motivating them to stand strong in the faith in the lord jesus christ as he said man shall not live by bread alone but by the word that proceeds from the mouth of god so it is two realms like the spiritual realm they need to be stabilized in christ in the word of god they need to strengthen their faith uh, in times such as this you know very difficult times so they need to look to the lord so uh, we have been teaching them motivating them and we have increased our prayers we have increased our intercession to the lord almighty at the same time practically whatever the whole, the lord has been helping us we are able to share with around 600 700 families around among 25 to 30 churches throughout sri lanka we have been helping to certain extent the affected families practically till they found a job so please pray that they will be rooted in christ their faith will their focus will be on christ not on the situations if they because if they keep on looking at the situation they may be uh, discouraged or depressed or dejected but if they look to christ they will be encouraged so so we are doing both we are teaching them we are motivating them we are encouraging them the churches the fellow ministers and the pastors workers and the saints at the same time practically we, we are helping them out but even though that is not enough because the need is huge but whatever the lord provides by god's grace and mercy uh, we are able to help uh, as many as possible so there's a time here where people are responding and asking where is god in this and the church is helping to equip their faith and then in specific instances there has been some relief work that's been able to be to be given tell me a little bit about what do you see what's it going to take for sri lanka as a whole to step out of this mess well we are praying that lord should intervene graciously in every realm spiritual political economical realm god must intervene because we have been commanded by god to pray for our nations pray for our authorities pray for our leaders presidents prime ministers and the ministers so we are praying that lord would grant wisdom and knowledge and insight so that they will be able to rule the country with honesty integrity morality and with justice of god at the same time practically we understand it will take at least 3 to 4 years to recover from this bad situation from the grave uh, circumstances so people should pray that saints will be strengthened and stabilized at the same time they will see it as opportunity to share the gospel of the lord jesus christ because ultimately this world doesn't belong to us we don't belong to this world so one day all will be collapsed so please pray that the spirit of god may be at may be at work sovereignly so that 
our saints should not become discouraged rather they will use these opportunities to share the gospel and to preach about the lord jesus christ who is the one who is real and immutable unchangeable so so pray that the country will be restored to normalcy at the same time people will come to know jesus christ personally may the lord use these circumstances to make the people know him mm-hmm. yes indeed so right now if somebody were listening to this podcast and they were to say what can i do to be involved how can i help the situation uh, what would your answer be definitely you know the, the lord is a lord of sovereignty he is sovereign he is on the throne he rules he reigns everything is in his hand under control so please pray that the lord would graciously and mightily intervene in sri lanka in every spectrum every area spiritual political economical everything is under control so pray that the government the good just government will be established to run the country to govern the country so that this economic political situation will improve mm-hmm. at the same time please pray for the churches and the ministers of the gospel will be true to their calling they'll be faithful they'll be honest sincere mm-hmm. and they will be able to encourage others they will be able to reach out to others practically more than that spiritually so in everything please pray that uh, christ name be exalted by by preaching the gospel and god's kingdom be established and expanded and people will bow down before him that jesus christ is the lord and savior please pray the almighty god omnipotent god may use all those circumstances and conditions to fulfill his eternal purpose and plan which would bring glory to his name and for good to his people and also practically we are involving helping the needy saints even morning i got a very very pathetic request from a family which is really suffering beyond their control there are many families many people like that so we would like to extend the love of christ in a practical way so anyone would like to help them also in addition to their intercession they can extend their help uh, so that the, in ultimately the christ name be glorified and his kingdom be established in sri lanka well thank you and if uh, if you would like to help out with that in a practical way the best place to start is as always send us an email podcast at 4efm.org podcast at 4efm.org and we have direct access to to brother merley and we'll be able to to make sure that whatever is sent gets to where it needs to go So I'm uh, I'm grateful for this opportunity, grateful for this for this discussion and uh, I have seen the churches or many of these churches there in 
in Sri Lanka, and I'm excited about what God has been doing. And these are great saints of God, great servants, and I am looking forward uh, to returning and to, to seeing the Church of Christ advance there as much as possible. Anything else you want to add? But the good things actually that is we have seeing new people in different churches. Mm-hmm. But the thing is you need to be a little cautious also because you know they may be coming even after tsunami people are coming a lot anyway. We are able to help Jesus with millions of people. And not all were saved, but we are helping. So I pray that as I said, you know, that they will be exposed to the gospel, you know, when they come and to the church. That's what now we have been doing in Trinkamale because after the we are providing food every Sunday, so the Lord's Supper. So what uh, we do is actually after the you know they will sit and they will eat leisurely and we will share the gospel. They wouldn't be rushing, you know, and sit and all. So that's a good thing then, you know, that uh, we are working on it. So this is a good opportunity that, you know, practically uh, helping out people. Even the widows, Hindu widows, actually, we are able to help uh, a lot of Hindu widows. I saw the fo- I, I didn't show the photos, no? I'll show the photos. So they requested as Rural Development Society, you helped uh, during the time of COVID. Why don't you help these widows? So we helped the 35 widows. So maintaining the rapport with the community, expressing the love of God in practice. So that is also a good thing. So that's what I want to say, you know. The Lord may use all these things ultimately bring salvation to the sinners and to sanctify instead of the saints and ultimately in everything he be exalted, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Well that echoes back from history where the the Roman emperor said these Christians uh, there's no poor among them. They take care of their own needs, but they also take care of the needs of our poor as well. So that's that's a, a good witness and a great outreach opportunity. Mm-hmm.